Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucet, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of, and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also, visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette, and as we do every week, we're joined by a brand new guest talking about their life and their journey throughout the world of martial arts. My guest today is head instructor at Taylor Jiu-Jitsu with well over a decade of experience, has trained with such notables as George St. Pierre, Joe Daddy Stevenson, Gray the Bully Maynard, Brandon the Truth Vera, and more. He's first aid and CPR certified. Outside of martial arts, he enjoys action movies, going on drives and exploring small towns, reading, and he's also a foodie with him and his wife, and loves coffee. Please welcome my guest today, Mr. Scott Taylor. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I, I appreciate your time for doing this. And what we like to do and how we like to kick things off, we want to go back to the very beginning. I want to know how it all started. Where did that first spark come from for you that uh, started your martial arts journey? All right. So I started around the age of 11. Okay. And what always the smallest guy getting picked on. So that got me started. I remember watching, you know, I grew up watching more Chuck Norris than I did Bruce Lee. Nice. So uh, Chuck Norris was a big influence. And then I remember watching a movie like Best of the Best. <sighs> yes. Love it. By far my favorite action movie. And I saw the Reed Brothers doing things. I'm like, I want to learn that. Mm, nice. Just so happened there was a Taekwondo instructor teaching out of a public school that wasn't far from my house. So okay. I went and checked them out, and that was the beginning of my journey. Wow. And do you remember what system of Taekwondo that was? Like which Kwan that was? ITF. Okay. And how long did you stay there? Yep. I was with him for about 11 years, 12 oh, wow. years. Okay. So what was it about him? What was it about that school, that instructor that made you want to stick with it? Well, I just liked his attitude. He was no nonsense. Uh, it was just pure fighting school. One of our things was like, we never had gloves or anything in school. You either learned how to block or you got punched. <laughs> nice. Okay. Or, or kicked. <laughs> Did you get into competition when you were there? No. You didn't? Okay. No. Never really cared for the competition. Okay. I figured it was, we were tough enough just beating each other up. <laughs> I didn't see the point of competition. And you said you 11 years. So what belt did you get to under him? I got to my first uh, band under him. And at any time when you were with him, did you do any teaching at all? Was that something you got involved in? Uh, yes, I did. I taught, uh, I taught for him quite a bit. Okay. What, what kind of drew you to that part of martial arts? I know that's, that's definitely not for everybody. What, what made you want to teach? I just love helping people, watching people grow. Gives me a good feeling to see people, uh, you know, get past their limit. Okay. And so what then uh, you said 11 years, first and black belt, uh, what came next in your martial arts journey? Well, then, like, uh, a lot of people watch this little guy on the TV in UFC, you know, choking people out. <laughs> I was bigger than him, 1993. So I'm like, well, I got to go learn that. So I found a guy that was teaching jiu-jitsu around the little town I lived in in, in Coburg. Started out there. And that guy had a fallen out with the Taekwondo school he was teaching out of that time. Different Taekwondo school. Okay. So I just started going to his instructor, Daryl LaFrance, and I've been with... Uh, Dale of France for 20 years now. Oh, wow. 
So I, I just stuck with it and uh, never looked back. And then did you uh, keep up your Taekwondo training at all or did you go 100% into jujitsu? Uh, more or less went 100% into jiu-jitsu. I still practice my, my kicks and my three-step sparring, but all my forms, I have forgotten them. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you remember which forms you guys did? Oh, Was it the Paul Gay forms, the Taeguk forms? Yeah, I think it was the Taeguk forms. Okay, yeah, I never liked those either. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky. My instructor never taught us, even though the organization we were in switched to Taeguk, he stuck with the Paul Gay. So we always stuck with the more traditional forms instead. I was, I was never a fan of the Taeguk one. So, yeah, I can't remember. I can't really remember which ones. I just know the, the names of like, uh, Chung Ji and okay. Tung Sun and stuff like that. I want to back up a little bit, back to the Taekwondo school. What do you remember? Kind of talk a little bit about your black belt test. What was involved in that? And what are some of the things you had to go through to get your black belt at that school? Oh, that was so long ago. <laughs> uh, for that one, it was, had to do all the curriculum. Mm-hmm. I had to do three-step sparring, one-step sparring, two-step sparring. And then you had to make up your own one-step, two-step, and three-step sparring techniques. Oh, cool. That's kind of fun. And they, and they, had, to, they had to make sense <laughs> right yeah that's a good point yep. <laughs> he was big on like i don't want to see any jumping flying spinny kicks think more self-defense wise did you guys do weapons training do you have to do any weapons for your black belt test no okay a lot of sparring yeah a lot of getting my ass kicked i remember that <laughs> <laughs> nice how about breaking did you guys do breaking for your tests uh yep did the board breaking and uh cinder block what was your hardest break what was the one you dreaded the most the cinder block yeah like, if I don't hit this right, I'm going to break my hand. <laughs> See, I had to do a brick with my head for my black belt. And that was the one I, I was, ter- yeah. I was terrified going in. I did not want to do it. So. Oh, I don't blame you. <laughs> and the thing is, is, you know, it's a confidence thing. So if you don't get it, all you're doing is smashing your head into a brick. So it just kind of hurts. Yeah, exactly. And you know, any, <laughs> any break, if it doesn't break, it hurts. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I never had to break anything with my head. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, maybe that probably explains a lot about me. I don't know. <laughs> that's why that's why I sit in a room by myself and talk, I suppose, maybe. But <laughs> All right, so so back to the jiu-jitsu. So what a typical class they like do you, your first maybe 3 4 classes. What are what are the so the first few things you learned, the first few things you that you remember that you worked on back then in jiu-jitsu? Uh break falling, shrimping, and uh basic positions. Okay. It's not Brazilian jiu-jitsu we do. Oh, it's Ours not. Okay. actually, and I, I, I hate the term Japanese jiu-jitsu, but right. we're Japanese-based. Okay. Just our style focused uh, 95% on the grappling side. Nice. We do the stand-up, too, and we do kicks and punches. Mm-hmm. A little more focused on the uh, the self-defense side versus a competition like BJJ, then, I would suppose. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, is there competition for, for the style you do, or not really? We can do sports jiu-jitsu, but I know a lot of people in the in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community here, so they have no problem if we enter their tournaments. Okay. I've never had an issue with anybody, and anytime my guys have gone, they've, they've all been on a podium, so I mm-hmm. can't complain. Uh, you said you personally weren't a fan of the competition. Did you ever do the jiu-jitsu competition? Yep, I did a couple. Okay. How was that? What do, you rem- what do you remember about those? Uh, I won bronze. Nice. I remember the one guy got me in an ankle lock, and I tapped. <laughs> Then after he was like, something wrong with your ankle? I go, no, but I have to work Monday. (laughs) So I could be able to walk. There you go. (laughs) What do you think is, you know, so you've done a a traditional Korean style, stand-up base, and you've done the the other style, the jujitsu style. 
that's a, a lot more ground based. Other than just the stand up on the ground, what do you think are the biggest differences as far as like someone who knows nothing about martial arts and they're they're looking at the two styles? What do you think are the biggest differences between a stand up style versus you know a grappling style? Two different types of cardio. So I remember when I started jujitsu, I'm like, I got good cardio. <laughs> You know, I can, I can fight. Well, it's a whole different type of cardio when somebody's laying on top of you mm-hmm. and they weigh about, you know, 200 pounds. Yep. So the, the cardio aspect changes a little bit. You know, somebody laying on top of you, you learn to breathe different. You learn to control your breathing, how to make room to breathe. Right. When you're doing stand up, you don't have to worry about that. It's just more endurance cardio standing, I think. Mm-hmm. That's a great and you still control your breathing while you're doing stand-up, but it's slightly different. Right. No, that's a great point. And I've had that conversation with someone. I know years ago, I, had, I was working with a local MMA fighter, and he's like, oh, my cardio's great. I, I ride bike 10 miles a day. I'm like, not the same thing. No, no, I'll be I'm like, not the same thing. I'll be fine. Not the same thing. <laughs> you know, 45 seconds, he's breathing heavy. and <sighs> I'm tired. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's not the same yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember when I, I started jiu-jitsu and be like, oh, my God, these guys are killing me and be like, so worn and exhausted. I used to go in the bathroom, lay on the cold tile floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's nice. like, Oh, I just need a, I just need a minute. <laughs> That's cool. One of the best training exercises I saw is a, a friend of mine who was getting ready to train for a fight and the school he was training at what they did. There was about 20 guys in the class. I think it was about 20 guys in the class. And they basically had all the guys get in a circle and the guy who had the fight coming up got in the middle. And I don't know, maybe this happens at a lot of schools. It's the first time I had seen it. And basically the instructor had the stopwatch and every 30 seconds he got a new opponent, but it was rotating. So the first one was stand up, next was ground, stand up, ground. Every 30 seconds he was switching between stand up and ground with no breaks in between and did that through 20 guys. And he said that's the best training he had for what he called fight cardio he ever had in his life. I'm like, that makes sense. (laughs) He said that's fight cardio. That's not, you know, not running or biking cardio. It's a lot different. You guys ever do anything like that? Yeah, that's a little bit. Not not like that, but that's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to start doing that to stand (laughs) up and ground. Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) I know I know we do it. Don't don't tell your guys it was my idea. (laughs) No. I know we do it. I know we do it for the ground where Mm -hmm. it's just shark tank one guy after the other. Yep with no breaks and we do that for people's birthdays your birthday you're getting shark tanked (laughs) that's awesome i know one of the best things i learned in my the taekwondo school i trained at when i was in college is you know when we had a tournament coming up all these other schools i went to it's like you you if you're say a taekwondo tournament was two three-minute rounds they all trained for two three-minute rounds well my my taekwondo instructor would train for three five-minute rounds he's like none of my guys are getting tired he's like if you only train for a three-minute round and there's any kind of pauses or anything, he's like, yeah, three minutes and 10 seconds, you're going to get tired. He said, if you train for three, five minute rounds, yeah. you're never going to get tired in a three minute round. I'm like, that makes perfect sense. So, it's, so that's another thing I'm surprised more schools don't do. You got to train for more than the time you're going to fight. So you have full energy the whole time. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. So sometimes in, in class, we'll put the timer on for three minutes and, you know, guys will grapple for three minutes or sometimes we won't even put a timer on. We'll just go roll, roll one after the other there you go so how long a typical class at your school about how long does it last so we do about a good 15 minute warm-up and then a good 45 minutes of uh technique and then open mats after oh nice yeah so if you want to keep working technique on open mats you can or go over curriculum uh, more than welcome or you just want to roll most guys just want to roll yep and is your school between like kids and adults is it pretty evenly based or do you have more kids more adults uh, pretty evenly based. Okay. After the COVID was over, our, everything just blew back up for us. So it was nice to see 
Did you have to completely close during COVID? Did you do like virtual stuff or how did that work? No, completely closed. For how long? I found, well, almost the, the two years. Oh man, that's brutal. Yeah. I tried to do jujitsu over, over Zoom and stuff, but it's too hard because I can't get in there and correct people. And you know, your hand has to go here. Yeah. It was just too hard. I'm glad you, glad you made a comeback and all, you know, most of your students came back. So that's good. So like in the area oh, you yeah, teach, you said, you said you're in Ontario, the area you teach roughly, do you know roughly how many martial arts schools are say within like a 20 mile radius of where your school is? There's a lot. Is there? Okay. There, there, oh yeah. It's Cause we're close to Toronto. So ah, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. So people Toronto. have, obviously people have choices. People have, you know, and, and a lot of them are choosing to go to your school, which says a lot. Hope it means I'm a good instructor. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one thing. Yeah. I mean, I tell anyone who's looking, that's the first thing I said, you got to find a good instructor. You got to find an instructor that you connect with. That That's a huge part of it. I've, I've had, you know, I've had bad instructors. I mean, I, I tell lots of people I, I've had a John Kreese before. <laughs> so if you're, a karate, oh, really? yeah, if you're out, if you're a karate kid fan, you know that I, I've had a John Kreese. My first Taekwondo instructor was a John Kreese. He was just a bad person. He didn't care about the safety of the students. All he cared about was winning forced people into competition. That's one reason I never got into competition because the first time I ever did a tournament, I was forced to, I had no choice in the matter. Yeah. <laughs> so he, that's, that's not a good teacher. No. Yeah. He drove me to the point that I was hating martial arts and then oh. luckily found a new school, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and, and he's still teaching. That's what's sad. <laughs> oh, uh, I have to say I've, I've been, I've been very lucky with my, uh, Taekwondo instructor, my jujitsu instructor. They just, they always were encouraging. Nice. Well, my jiu-jitsu instructor is still encouraging. My Taekwondo instructor passed away a few years ago. Huh. Yeah. Stubborn man. He was. He drove himself to the hospital and had a heart attack there. Wow. They had to call his wife. Jeez. That's crazy. Like, yeah. But no, they were, he was always very encouraging. He was always telling me, don't stop training, train more styles if you can. That's cool. Yeah. See that same Taekwondo instructor tried to forbid me learning other styles. <laughs> I'm like, you can't well, do that. See, you can't stop me from yeah. training another style, but he tried to. So. I always hate, I always hate instructors like that. Yep. Me too. Uh, you know, just encourage your students to learn more, bring it back. That's what I try to do. Mm -hmm. Yep. My current instructor, I love we, my... we, we, we blend in other styles. He'll, he's had, you know, other instructors come in and stuff and, and we, you know, learn, learn other things from other people and we blend it in. And we actually, we were one of the first schools in our area that actually started teaching grappling as a Taekwondo school. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we just started mixing it because my instructor had learned judo when he was younger and stuff. So he started blending that in. We, when the UFC came out, he's like, yeah, we're going to start adding this stuff in. So we did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got lots of different friends. I, that do different styles that I train with. Nice. And more of that. Show me something cool. I'll show you something cool. Let's just exchange ideas. Mm -hmm. Do you ever bring them into your oh, school God. for your students and be like, Hey, we're going to have a, a fun night. We're going to learn a little of this style tonight for a half hour or something. You ever do that? Yep, I got How do your training. students react to that? Oh, they love it. They they like seeing the different styles and you know different instructors, the way they teach, mm -hmm. what they have to teach. One of our uh, teachers there is our kickboxing teacher, who also does uh Kundo and in Cali. He's good friends, so Very I've done cool. a little bit of stick and knife fighting, nice. a little bit of Kundo too. So good to have him in there. Yeah, especially with the weapons, with the you know the, the that's always good to throw in there. So. <laughs> Oh yeah. I, I love sticking knife fighting. I wish I had more time to do it. <laughs> Me too. I know we, 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 we do some in, in our Taekwondo school, but you know, we, I don't, we don't have any, 
We don't have, I think our closest Cali school is about 150 miles away, maybe closer to 200. It's a bit hike. of a drive. Yeah, it's a bit of a drive, especially in, yeah. the, in the winter in Minnesota. You know how bad winters can be. So we, we just had another blizzard uh, last yeah. night. So where I am, I'm, I'm near Fargo, North Dakota. I'm right across the border in, in Minnesota in a community about probably all of our towns, a little over maybe 200, 250,000. And we have about 35 martial arts schools last time I counted. I would say at least at least ten of them are probably Taekwondo schools. <laughs> it's usually the most <laughs> the most popular. And then then there's a nice blend. I mean, we have you know we used to have a kung fu school that closed down, but we've had some boxing. We've had some we have some jujitsu. We have a pure MMA school. You know, we have some Okinawan schools. We have a Shotokan club at one of the colleges. So so it's a nice variety. There's you know options for people and. Said we've we've had things before. We've had people teach other stuff, which is good. Just like you're doing it, it's it's good for your student. Anytime you can teach something new that a student can possibly use, it's worth it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It just helps keep their interest. I think too. Yep. I know some people are like don't like to bring other styles in because they think their students are going to leave. <laughs> yep. But I mean, if your student leaves, then you know maybe that's the better art for him. Exactly. Or her. I don't tell my students they can't go anywhere else and train or don't go to that school or like um just go out try it if you like it better hey i have no qualms and that's a great attitude to have yeah but if you go out and try something bring it back exactly yeah and, th- and that's one the, the first time i learned that because like my my first two schools i trained at they didn't really do that they weren't against it they just never did that but one of the first Taekwondo schools I trained at, it was like just on a Wednesday night. And he's like, oh yeah, tonight we're going to learn some judo. And it's like, Mr. I think it was Mr. Brandon. Come up here. Mr. Brandon's a brown belt in judo. And he took over the class and we learned judo that night. And I'm like, that's really cool. <laughs> so, <I'm> like, <laughs> and yeah, he's like, oh, I like doing that whenever, if I know someone who knows something. And I'm like, at the time, I, I the only other art I really knew was, you know, I think Shotokan and Tung Sido. And I'm like, they're pretty close to Taekwondo. So probably nothing I can teach, but yeah. There's still, it's not as many, but I think back in, you know, when I started, but there's still some that are pretty diehard. And they're like, we don't want you doing other stuff. This is the only school you need. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a few like that up around here still. That's yeah, too bad. Like if somebody was coming into my, my dojo just for the night class and they're of a high rank, mm-hmm. I'll give them the floor. Nice. You teach, you show us something cool. Hopefully they, you know, they pay back the same kind of respect if I ever stopped into theirs. Of course. Which most do. I, I have never had a problem. I got some people I've met who are just walking into the, in their dojo and they're like, you want to teach tonight? I'm like, sure. Nice. Yeah. At about, uh, God, it was about 10, uh, it's probably about almost 15 years ago. God, I'm, I'm getting old. About 15 years ago, we, uh, you know, I was just working out on a, you know, before class one time and this gentleman came into our school and he started talking about this. He was doing this seminar. He was calling it this all martial arts seminar where he was bringing in people from other styles and he was going to do it as a fundraiser. And so we started talking to him and stuff and, and we went and we went and attended it and it was okay. You know, there was like, I think five or six different styles that showed up and, and unfortunately not a lot of people showed up. So I talked to the guy and I'm like, I'll tell you what next, let's do this next year. Let me help. I said, first of all, you can do it at our school because our school at the time was like 4,000 square feet, way bigger than the hotel room he was running. I said, we won't charge you. And I said, we'll do it as a fundraiser. And I said, let me help market it. And the next year we ended up, it had to be a two day event because we had so many instructors that got a hold of that came in. We had jujitsu, we had boxing, we had Shaolin Kempo, we had MMA, we had pure boxing, we had Taekwondo, we had Shotokan, we had Aikido, we had Hapkido, it was, it was, it was judo, jujitsu. It was cool. 
And it was a success. I mean, he made money for the charity we did it, and a lot of people showed up. And I think we only charged people like 20 bucks for the whole weekend. You can come in, you can sit and watch. Oh, nice. Yeah, you, it's like you can sit and watch, or you can jump in and learn whatever you want to do. And it was successful. And afterwards, I'm like, hey, let's start talking about next year. And he's like, all right, we'll, we'll talk in a few months. And I, a few months later, he's like, yeah, I just want to go back to the small way I did it before. I'm like, no one showed up when you did it before. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's fine that you want. And I, and I went the next year, I went and stopped in and literally there was like five people there in the seminars. And I, I felt bad, but I'm like, if you ever change your mind, I'd love to do this again. It was so much fun and people loved it. And I've had people come up to me, when are you guys doing that again? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so I just did an event like that over the weekend. Oh, cool. I love big seminars like that where mm-hmm. different styles come in and get maybe you get to see something you've never seen before great way to make new friends and yes. connections and i love that yeah we had everything from uh, jiu-jitsu karate stick fighting kung fu aikido bando which is like yep. the guys that work with the, the kirka mm-hmm. yeah it's all there that's cool i think there's another one coming up in september and november i'll be going to i'd love to put one of those on again because i want to get the, the last one i did the guy couldn't make it but he said if i ever do it again call him and he, he's a capoeira instructor i've never seen capoeira live in person and i just think that'd be oh, so fun that'd, yeah. that'd be awesome wouldn't that be so cool and, and that's just you know because of the movie only the strong obviously is where i learned about it one of my favorites. Mine too. So I'm, I'm hoping to do that again sometime. You know, maybe talk to my instructor and say, Hey, let, you know, the other guy doesn't want to do it. Let's do it. Let's do this some weekend and, and, and have fun and maybe do it and, you know, maybe do it like in connection with his tournament or something, but who knows, but it'd be fun. It's, it's a blast. I still have some video footage from that and, you know, from learning different things. And, and that's kind of the reason I started the podcast just to meet more people and right, talk, right. talk to people from other styles and, and like you said, make friends and, and whatever. I mean, this is, I'm coming up on, I think 110 episodes. So a little over two years. Oh yeah. Well, I know, I know I'm, I keep looking through, I'm like, Oh, I got so many episodes to catch up on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had some good ones. I just, uh, uh, just last night had a wonderful interview. It'll be the episode that comes out right before yours, uh, with, uh, Bill Superfoot Wallace. Wow. Oh, wow. I love Bill Superfoot Wallace. I did yes. one and he came to. Canada a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I was still doing Taekwondo. Yep. And I went to one of his seminars. And so good. Super nice man. Funny. Yep. The, the one thing I remember was, I don't have time to learn all your na- names, so I'll probably call you scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I did a seminar with him in 1991. <laughs> That's how long ago I first <laughs> I first met Bill Wallace. So <laughs> quite a while ago. but And I remember that, you know, I got to hold the target for one of his kicks. And I'm like, and I actually, I think I said something like, I, I blinked. Can you please do that again? Because <laughs> it was so fast. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. And it's just cool meeting people like that. And like you said, the, the stories you get to hear and the, the things you get to learn, it's, it's so much fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just meet people from all over. Yeah, definitely. Think back to when you were in Taekwondo, the first time you taught a class. Think about that to now. You're, you're running your own school. You know, how has your teaching style changed over the years? That's a good question. I think I pay a lot more attention to the smaller details okay, and those little intricate ones that maybe some people miss. I know I was nervous teaching my first class. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I uh, had lots of encouragement and just grew. My instructor always gave me uh, advice. Some of the higher black belts would give me some advice. Mm-hmm. That, that really helped. And as for jujitsu, I think my technique got better when I taught. Yes, I agree I, 100%. I yep. could, yeah, because I could see what my instructor was doing to me because I was always ooky for him. 
Yep. So I could when I started teaching more jujitsu and doing things and certain things were clicking, like ah, that's what he was doing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I noticed the same so thing. A lot of, you, you you learn it yeah. so much better when you teach it to other people. It's such a huge benefit to your exactly. own martial arts. When I started teaching, I actually started. I, I had my notebook of all my techniques, and I started a second notebook. That was my instructor notebook because I knew I would, I would describe the technique different if I was teaching it. So I had, if I'm learning it, here it is. And if I'm teaching it, this is how, this is what my notes say. So I had two completely different sets of notes, <laughs> which was helpful. Yeah, that's a good idea. I don't, I don't make notes. I probably should. Oh, really? I, yeah. I, I never did until I got into Taekwondo. My Taekwondo, you know, my, my Tung Sudo instructor and Shotokan instructor never really, if they talked about it, I don't remember it, but my Taekwondo instructor that I, I'm still with since 1994 he drills that. He's like, after class, he's like, all right, five minutes left. Go get your notebook. Write down what we worked on, you know, or a lot of times if we're going to be doing a lot of stuff, he'll have us get it, you know, during class and have it sitting behind us and we'll learn something. We'll write it down. We'll learn something. We'll write it down. And, and actually I remember for my black belt test back in 1996, I, I was so nervous. So what I did was since I had my, I had, you know, working in radio and had access to recording stuff. So I actually recorded myself reading my notes. I basically did my own audio book and I used to play it in my, oh, that, in, yeah, in, yeah I played it in my Walkman when I was working out <laughs> and it Walkman, helped. That's, that's I know. what I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> little, little old school, but it helped. I'd be listening to that when I was sleeping or when I was working out and be like, you know, basic one step, number one, do this, you know, and it was describing the technique and it, I honestly believe I probably went to past if it wasn't for that. <laughs> I probably should write stuff down, but but I tell my students they should get notebooks and write stuff down. Yeah. And yet I don't do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Lead by example, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I mean, it's, Our, it's, uh, I, I'd never remembered if I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Our, uh, my jujitsu black belt test first stand was brutal. How long? Eight hours. Holy crap. Really? Yep. So you do Dang. yeah, six to eight hours. Okay. You do all the curriculum. But he would throw surprises in every once in a while. It could be somebody just attacking you from behind and throwing you and you have to fight to get up. Or mm-hmm. it could be somebody attacking you with a weapon. The very end is kind of like a shark tank. So you grapple. Everybody, no breaks. Somebody's just coming in every 30 seconds, 45 seconds. And you could tap as much as you want it. But our instructor, just he just didn't want to hear, I give up. Because if you said, I give up, you didn't get your black belt. Wow. He just wanted you to see that even though you're tired, you've been beat up. You can still pull something off and win the fight. Right. That was our test. And I was so sore like following week after that. See, now I feel bad because I always told, told people mine, mine was brutal at two and a half hours. And I've had so many of my guests be like, mine was four hours. Mine was six hours. Mine was 10 hours. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. Mine was easy, I guess. <laughs> like, geez. It'd be, uh, I mean, you can do a lot in two and a half hours too, though. So I had, I had one guest I interviewed a few weeks ago that he was telling me how he conducted his black belt test. And after listening to it, I mean, I was tired just listening to him talk about it. I'm like, oh my, they, <laughs> they, they, they start at like four in the morning or five in the morning. They go work out at, at the beach. Then they jog back like three or four or five miles to the school and do all this other stuff. And this tech, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it sounds like fun, but that's insane. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just tired. Listen, you tell me about it. <laughs> exactly. But who knows? Well, if, I was, I, if I was younger, I'd probably do it. <laughs> probably. I mean, I know people that say their black belt test lasts for two days. I'm like, why? 
I've heard a few they're of like, those. Yeah, they're like, one day is this, and the next day is that. I'm like, huh, all right. Yeah, I mean, so it you know, probably wasn't two full days, most likely, but still. I've also heard people that, you know, like styles that were, they don't find out, some styles where you don't find out you actually passed or not for like a month or two later. I'm like, that would drive me crazy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that would yeah, that would drive me insane. I, so I every want, school I've, I've been to, I found out that day, <laughs> luckily. <laughs> yeah, that's when we found out. I, I, I don't think I could wait a month. Oh no, that would, that would be insane. What do you think? Now I know you kind of mentioned you, you saw the UFC and that's kind of what drew you towards jujitsu and and trying to learn that style. So I'm just curious, are you more a fan of the old school UFC when there was like, you know, almost no rules and no weight classes, or are you more a fan of the newer, more refined sport style of it? I'm more of a fan of the, of the newer refined. Are you? Okay. Uh, I think, mean, don't get me wrong. I like the, the old brutal stuff, but yeah. I just think the way it is now, you know, you get to see the fighters, the way they train a little bit better and, and they're better athletes now than, than back then and more yeah. complete fighters. So that's, that's what I like about it. So do you guys train in MMA at your school at all? Do you have any guys who have gone on and fought? Not yet, but we're getting our uh, kickboxing instructor there. Mark Medeiros is getting one of his students ready to fight in a kickboxing match. Oh, cool. Hopefully kickboxing is starting to make a big comeback. There's, I know, at least in the States, there's a couple of things happening and, and I've seen a few more advertisements for kickboxing tournaments. So I love kickboxing. I've only been to like three or four matches in my life and it's been over 20 years since I've seen one live. So I'm really hoping it does make a comeback really big time. Me too. I think it's starting to down in the States and up here. I'm, I see more advertising for it now. I used to love watching K1. Yep. Still love watching K1. So how is the local, is there a pretty good local fight scene? Do you have some local kickboxing matches, local MMA matches that are pretty decent and well-attended? They're well-attended. I have not yet been to one of our local ones because okay. every time they're on, usually a weekend I got to work. I'm like, ah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, I've heard good things from people that have gone. So hopefully I'll catch one of our local shows soon. Nice. Uh, some of the people that have, have fought in them, I've, I've known and done pretty well. So okay. it's good to hear that it's a good scene around here. So who are maybe three, four, five names you would put on your personal Mount Rushmore of martial arts? Is the, the top of your list, the you, people you consider, the, you know, whether they're people you've known and trained with or people you just look up to, like a Chuck Norris or a Bruce Lee type thing? You know, who are you know, three, four, five names you just put up on that pedestal? Two, my, my Taekwondo and Jitsi instructor for sure. Nice. Sang Seat was my Taekwondo instructor and Daryl LaFrance is my Jiu-Jitsu instructor, so... Oh. Okay. Them for sure. Then I'd have to go with Chuck Norris. Nice. I just watched Lone Wolf McQuaid again oh, the other night. Love that movie. Oh, I, me too. I haven't watched it in a while, but man, that's so good. And, that's, <laughs> and a lot of people don't realize that's basically what led to Walker, Texas Ranger. If it wasn't for Lone Wolf uh, McQuaid, yeah. we would have never had Walker. Yes, exactly. Philip Ree. Very cool. I have to say the Ree brothers together. I've had Simon on the show that. and I'm working on Philip, so... Yes, I listened to the Simon one. I'm like, oh, that's good. And now, yeah. and I was thinking in my head, like, you got to get Philip on now. Philip's busy. <laughs> he said yes. I'm just, it's he's very busy. So I'm hoping to lock him down soon and and maybe get that interview done before summer. Simon was awesome, and I, I'm excited to to chat with Philip too. And then I have to go with Jackie Chan and and Mark DeCosta. Nice, some good answers there. Mark's another one I'd love to get on the show. I actually reached out to invited his mom to be on the show, and I haven't heard back from her yet. But uh, I'd actually, lo- I'd love oh, to get, nice. yeah, I'd love to get Mark on the show though. <laughs> oh yeah. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. Some of the big stars are harder for, to reach. <laughs> yeah. One more for, for jujitsu would be Chris Howder. 
Oh, very cool. Yeah, that's pretty well it. Okay. There's so many that, that inspire me, it, it's hard. Yeah. I know. I used to ask when I first started, I don't know if you remember, if you listen to any of the older episodes, but I used to ask just for like one, like, who's your favorite? Who's the one you put in? And no one could ever come up with one. That's why I came up with the Mount Rushmore thing. Like, <laughs> give me three. And I've had people give as few as two and as many as eight or nine. So that's, I don't put a limit on it unless I just keep going and going and going. I'm like, All right, I think 30 is enough on your list. So we'll stop now. <laughs> There's so many, like all the '90s action stars, like Richard Norton and Cynthia Rothrock. Like, yep, I grew up watching all of them. Oh, and me, I mean, I, I think I think mine would change daily anyway, and especially after doing this show, <laughs> probably because some of these people, like just the two you just mentioned, who I've actually got to now have conversations with and interview on my show, you know, Richard and Cynthia, where I've never done that before, and. I could easily say my list would change probably every single day. <laughs> if someone asked me that question, it would just depend on my mood. I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. My, my two go-tos would probably always be Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee just because. And then from there it would just, it would depend on what mood I'm in or what, what movie I watched recently. So <laughs> <laughs> pretty much I'm, I'm, I'm the same way a little bit. I think you did have Kathy Long on your show, yep. I believe, right? Yep. Love Kathy. Such oh, a sweetheart. Oh, I had a huge crush on her back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> She was so so nice and so wonderful to talk to, and yeah, yeah, her and her and Bill Wallace did the uh, the first UFC together. They commentated it. Well, I remember uh, I used to have pictures of her on my wall. With, uh, I listened to that one for sure. That's uh, cool. Maybe she'll listen to this episode. <laughs> hey, you never know. I know a lot of my guests say they listen, so I appreciate anyone who listens. But you know, if, they, if someone like that wants to listen and, and tell their more people about it, I'm all for it. No, my wife's going to be like, who's this, who's this Kathy Long girl? <laughs> <laughs> See, look at that, that poster behind my door. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In all your years of martial arts, what is one philosophy you've learned that rises to the top? Super important. You keep coming back to it. Always be humble and kind. That's a good one. I try to live by that because there's always somebody bigger and better and can always show you something different. Very cool. Got a few fun questions here. How about a favorite martial arts book? Uh, Zen in the Martial Arts and the Book of Five Rings. Nice. Joe Hyams. I love I love Zen in the Martial Arts. That's that's the one I recommend to anyone. Anyone who's like, I want a martial arts book. Zen in the Martial Arts by Joe Hyams. That's the first one you got. One, one of my students the other day goes, what's a good book? I go, Zen in the Martial Arts. <laughs> nice. Yep. Joe Hyams and Musashi. You can't go wrong with either one of those two. So. Yep, that's right. How about this one? Uh, you're, you're, you're probably around my age, so how about a favorite martial arts video game? Oh, yep. It was the old karate one. Was it like a, it was just called karate? Was it like, an, like Karate Fighter, that one? Yeah, that's the oh, one. Oh, God, I remember that one. And playing that in the arcade? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I used to love that game. You can play it online, but it's not the same. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think it would be. I'd, I'd need the old arcade you know, version one. You got to have the joystick and you got to have the buttons. Yeah, it's just, so I, I can't play the new games. I can't play like the Nintendos and the, it's just, it's not the same as holding a joystick in your hand and so much cooler. <laughs> I don't, I don't even own a gaming system. I think we have, I think we have a Wii because just, we bought one when the kids were, when our kids were young and the only thing I've ever done in there is like Wii bowling. <laughs> so I, otherwise I don't know. <laughs> and I probably haven't played that in 10 years. And we had a PlayStation back in the day. I got a PlayStation back in the late nineties, mainly because my, my martial arts instructor, my Taekwondo instructor was really big into video games and he'd always invite students to play. I'm like, Oh, I want to make sure I get invited. So I went and bought a PlayStation (laughs) and we'd get together on weekends and we would go to other people's houses and we'd, we'd play video games. So (laughs) 
It was kind of fun for a few yeah, years. My, my my kids had all that stuff, and yeah, I mean, I played Xbox and PlayStation. I just I could never get into it. I'd much rather be training or doing something else. So you mentioned kids. Do your kids do martial arts? Not any of them. No interest at all. No interest. The oldest one. A little bit, he'll play around with me, but it never mm-hmm. turns out good for him in the end. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I used to tell him it, it's not abuse when I call it training. <laughs> <laughs> what sports are they into then? Uh, nothing. They don't really do anything. Oh man. Yeah. Well, now they're they're uh, twenty six, twenty four, and eighteen. Ah, so. Okay. Oh, a little, a little older than my kids. My oldest one is twenty three. All my kids I, did I martial arts from age five. Let's see. My oldest one did it from five until I think he was 14. My middle son did it from five until he was, I think, 12 or 13. And my daughter did it till she was, I think, 13. Then she stopped for like a couple of years. Then she went back to it for like six months and then she stopped again. And, and now she's talking about hopefully going back to it again sometime. So they all tried it at uh, least. Hopefully, yeah. Well, I mean, they did try it. It just didn't, wasn't for them. Yeah. So I never pushed them into it. All right. How about a, I know you're, you you mentioned being a movie buff. We'll get to that part, but how about a favorite martial arts TV show? Well, have to be uh, Walker, Texas Ranger and Kung Fu. Nice. The old Kung Fu. Yeah. The old one. Now, did you watch the, the, did you watch the one that the sequel that was like 1991, 1992, the legend continues? I did. Okay. See, I'm one of the few that actually, I I actually liked that one. (laughs) I didn't mind it, but I, I liked the older one better. Yeah, and I couldn't get into the new one. I tried the new one. I gave it like four or five episodes, and it just wasn't the same. But I loved Walker. Walker, I don't think I missed an episode of. I, I watched the whole series probably multiple times, so that's always a good pick. Yeah, same here. And a lot of my guests have been on that show, which is awesome. Yes, yes, they have. All right, now this one I'm, I'm waiting for. The favorite martial arts movie, and if it's not a Chuck Norris movie, I also want to know your favorite Chuck Norris movie. <laughs> favorite martial arts movie is Best of the Best. Cool. I, I watched that one multiple times. I could probably act out the movie for you. <laughs> nice. I watched it at least once a year. I watched it about three months ago. <laughs> so. uh, favorite Chuck Norris movie? Yep. Oh, there's a couple. The Octagon and yeah. Lone Wolf McQuaid. Nice. See, mine's usually either Lone Wolf McQuaid, Invasion USA, or I love the movie Sidekicks, the comedy with Joe Piscopo. Yes. <laughs> I, just, I love yes. that the fight scene with those two at the end. It gets me laughing so loud every time. <laughs> Yeah, when he kicks him and Joe's doing like the back flips yep, in the air. The facial expressions and <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, so cool. That's another one. I haven't watched Invasion USA in years. I need to watch that. And I actually, I was, I was at my mom's house uh, a couple of, like last fall helping her clean out her garage and up in the rafters of the garage. So when I was a kid, I used to collect movie posters. Our local movie theater would give us stuff and up in the rafters of the garage, still in pretty darn good shape. I have the like six foot cardboard poster for Delta force. Oh, nice. Yeah. With, with the, yeah, Chuck Norris and Lee Marvin. And yeah, I, oh, I used to collect movie posters too. Nice. I wish I could have brought that back with me, but it would have never fit in my car. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's still in my, the rafters of my mom's garage. I'll have to go one of these days. I'm going to have to find a way to get it. And I don't know where I put it. It was Lee Marvin's last movie and just a great Chuck Norris movie. So yeah. All right, this question doesn't have to be a martial arts movie, just a favorite movie fight scene. Oh, so many. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, and I, I tell people, I've had people say anything from Star Wars and Marvel to Princess Bride to Rocky to <laughs> Bruce Lee movies. So anything goes. Uh, you ever seen the movie They Live? Oh, yeah. Just, I just watched it. My daughter loves 80s movies, so we've been watching 80s movies like crazy. <laughs> and we just watched They Live. I bought the DVD, and we watched They Live about uh, six weeks ago. Yeah, so when 
Roddy Piper and Keith David are fighting in the alleyway. Nice. You're the first one to pick that one. I guarantee it. That's awesome. Oh, that that fight seems so great. It lasts for like five minutes. Yep. He just, neither one will give up. (laughs) They're just like half, half dead, half tired. And they're just beating the crap out of each other. And I'd say it has to be, it has to be that one. And the hallway fight scene in the raid. You're the probably the third person that said that one. That one's getting a lot. Of, <laughs> a lot of people seem to like that one. Yeah, and one of my favorites is, I think a few people have said it now, but in the Born Identity, the Matt Damon one, the the apartment, right. the apartment fight scene when they got the end when the guy just jumps out the window. <laughs> but that yes. that fight scene there, and then the one in the park when he's sleeping on the bench and the cops wake him up. Yeah, not, not really a fight scene, more like just him brutalizing them for like thirty seconds, but <laughs> still pretty cool. There's so many to choose from there too, like all the John Wick ones. And uh, you you mentioned you like action movies, that's why I was I, I was looking forward to hearing your answer for that one. So, like, what's your all time favorite action movie? If you, let's say you d- you just bought a brand new seventy inch TV and surround sound, what's the first action? What's the first movie you're putting on to watch? Oh, you know what? Funny enough, it'll be John Wick. Would it? Nice. Yep. Yep. I love all those movies. I can't wait to see the fourth one. Very cool. That's another person. I wouldn't mind getting Keanu Reeves on the show. <laughs> I know that one will be very difficult, but yes, you got a dream. Probably. And then I think I'd have to put best of the best up there too. The fight scene between Simon and Philip at oh, the end. Yeah, that is a good one. And I like the one the in best of the best too, when they team up, that's a good fight scene too. <laughs> yes. I think I told Philip that when he was on the show, but that one kick he did where he did that in the air sidekick into the turning sidekick in one jump. Me and oh, my, I know. As soon as he did that, me and my buddy went to the, the, the gym right after the movie, and we were there till 2 in the morning perfecting that kick. <laughs> we like, we, <laughs> we have to learn this. We have to learn this. Yeah. I don't know if I could pull it off now, but I'd be willing to try. <laughs> That's pretty much how I learned to do my spinning hook kick. Nice. Okay. was watching Philip Ree. I'm like, oh, I got to learn that spinning hook kick. It was so beautiful. Yep. I know until I interviewed Simon, I never knew Philip wrote that movie. That's another reason I can't wait to talk to him about that. But I, I never knew he, I love that movie and I watched it probably a hundred times before I interviewed him and I never knew Philip wrote that. So, oh yeah. Before I let you go, anything that I haven't asked you, anything that we want to be sure to mention. And, and when the show comes out, I will put a link for your, your school on there and anything else you want me to put a link to, but any, anything that you want to make sure we get out there before I let you go? Well, this always shocks people when I tell them how many geese I have. Yeah. I have 55 geese. Holy crap. Really? God, I thought I had a lot. I have like 14. (laughs) Wow. 55. How many of those do you still use and how many of them just like you haven't touched them in years? I use quite a bit of them. Really? I try to get to them all. Yeah. Doesn't always happen. Okay. I I do have my favorites. (laughs) Yeah. So how, like how many days, how many days will you wear one before you got to wash it usually? One day or? Oh yeah. Once, once I've worn it, it goes in the wash. Yep. Yeah. See, that's why I end up at one point because my first like year or two in Taekwondo, I owned one. And then when I started really getting close right. to my black belt and started working out more with friends on the weekends, I'm like, I need to buy a few more of these because this is starting to stink and I don't like washing things by hand. So <laughs> that's when I got like three or four that's, more. And <laughs> that's kind of was I was like, my wife thinks I have a have an addiction problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good addiction to have, though. You know, at least you're using them. That's the thing. Yeah, I told her I keep telling her I could have worse addictions. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry, it doesn't actually end there. I have quite the collection of rash guards, t-shirts, hoodie sweaters. <laughs> so where do you keep them? Well, before we moved into our current place, we lived in a basement apartment and I had a walk-in closet. Okay. So my, my geese are there. Now they're in the basement, hung up on a rack. 
So I figured maybe you'd just have like a, you know, a, a private closet at your dojo. Yeah. <laughs> you just have them all hanging there. <laughs> I should. <laughs> so I'm looking at the pictures here. So about how much, uh, how much square footage, how much training space do you have at your gym? Looks like it's a decent size. Mm, yeah, it's a fair size. Not exactly sure. I think it's like 30 by 40, 50, maybe. Okay. I've, I've never took the time to measure it. Okay. And how many students about? About 40 altogether. 20 kids, 20 adults, still growing. Right down the middle. Okay, cool. Well, like I said, I'll put, I'll put links out there. And if any of my listeners are in your area and want to come check it out and, you know, come roll for a while, I'll definitely get them in touch with you, but I appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun. Like I said, I, like we talked about before, it's just, it's just fun getting to know people and learning people from different styles and hearing their stories and stuff. And, and I, I've really enjoyed this and I can't wait to get the episode out in a few weeks. Oh, thank you very much. It, it was a pleasure. I'm, I'm glad we got to do this. I have to thank Chris Hansen for, for hooking us up. Yep. Chris, another f- former guest of the show. I, I, I love Chris and, and uh, he's a great guy. I actually was just chatting with him about a week ago about, about possibly doing some virtual workouts together. So I might be taking him up on that. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, if you ever, if you ever put on the, the big martial arts seminars, make sure to let us know. I'm sure we would come down. I will for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll talk to my instructor because now, especially now with the show, I have a lot more contacts than I used to. <laughs> and I, right, know, exactly. I know, I know there's more people I could probably get to do it. So it'd be, it, it could be a fun thing. I'll have to, it, it's tough now. Cause my, my instructor, he basically leases part of a school to a judo school and they now do weekend classes. We used to do a lot of that stuff on the weekends cause the gym was completely open. But I suppose if I talk to them and say, Hey, you guys can be part of this too. And you know, maybe they'll give up their weekend classes so we can do a two day seminar again. So. It'd be fun. Well, I'm sure they would. Well, if we do it, I will definitely, like I said, I'll reach out to all my guests and tell them and, and, and hopefully get some of them to come join in and, and just do a, a weekend of lots of martial arts training. It'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be great. I haven't been to the States in a long time. Well, there we go. It'll be fun. And just, we, just, we just won't do it in the winter because no one wants to come to Fargo, North Dakota in the winter. <laughs> so <laughs> the first day of spring was two days ago and we just had a blizzard last night. So <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's no fun. I hate winter. Uh, me too. <laughs> but once again, it's been a blast talking to you and, and we will be in touch, sir. All right. Thank you very much, Brian. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you'll join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.